So, Greg, have you seen Wakanda Forever? I have not seen it yet. I have seen it, and I, there's quite a few spoilers in this comic book we're about to review because we accidentally stumbled into the comic book that inspired large parts of the movie, and we didn't even do it on purpose. <laughs> it was it was all by happenstance. Yeah, it's a complete accident because we're reviewing Iron Man 120, the start of the Demon in the Bottle storyline, but also on the cover is some guy called the Submariner. <gasps> The Submariner. Naked Submariner and yeah. Iron Man. And he looks like he's, is he throwing rocks at Iron Man? I, it looks like there there's rocks, there's Iron Man, there's Submariner. Yeah, there's there's a whole bunch of stuff going on. I mean, if I was going to throw anything at Iron Man, it probably wouldn't be rocks. I mean. He's he could, Iron Man. He's Iron Man, but I mean, why not throw what he's made of at him? I guess. I mean, you hit iron with iron. And it explodes. Have you ever hit two hammers together at the same time? It's dangerous. I know because I'm not an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I really didn't know how to respond to that. I'm sorry. And I'm that's like, why. Nope. Well, and that's why <laughs> that's why the Submariner is throwing rocks at the Iron Man, because he's hoping that maybe the iron in the rocks will break the iron in the suit. Is that, 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 that is fair. That's yeah. fair. See, it's pretty smart. I have, I have too much trauma trying to hit baseballs in the cold Washington weather with aluminum bats when I was a kid to hit two oh, hammers man. together. <laughs> Hands with it's just too much trauma from that. I, I just remember as a kid, I, I my dad caught me taking two hammers and smacking them together. And he's like, what are you stupid? You're going to like break those and you to take you to the hospital because you're going to like shatter into your face or something. I was like, uh, I didn't know how, well, I didn't, this I don't is, know how science works. <laughs> this is the Invincible Iron Man 120. Yay. And can I just say, yeah, God bless Bob Layton. This guy is a great storyteller. And and here's why. Right. So we'll get into the credits. We're going to flip the page. We're going to get into credits. So David Michelini is the words in plot. And David Michelini wrote, in one of my opinions, several 10 issues of one of the worst series of comics I've ever read. <laughs> Karate Kid, which we've much is much maligned so on this good. podcast. So good. <laughs> the Legion of Superhero crossover book from the 70s. And it was really bad. I think he didn't even put his name on some of it. So that's he didn't. It's not like he liked it either. And I'm sure there was some probably some editorial stuff. And note, he ends up at Marvel just a couple years later. So uh, I can see there's probably some mutual uh, dislike, I would say, probably. Probably. Uh, but he takes over this book, I think, at 116. Uh, with Bob Layton mm -hmm. doing the inking and the plot. And then we have John Romita Jr., the much maligned artist on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and Bob Layton makes John Romita Jr. look amazing. Yeah. The finished art. It, it does look really good. <laughs> I do think John Romita may have just been better when he was younger, too. Or at least, I, I shouldn't say better. Here, here's the thing. We all have opinions about the art style. I like, I hate the like long elongated faces and craziness of the, and just kind of laziness to me of the, the John Ramita pencils. Now mm -hmm. this looks really nice. It does. Cause Bob Layton did the cover on his own. So the really cool Iron Man and, and Namor cover is, is from Bob Layton. But when we get into this book, I mean, the, the faces look really good. I, Tony looks really realistic for what yeah. I would think he would look like. Oh, like everybody looks very like captured on the page. They they look like the detail in there in in each one of these 
images, I'm I'm just totally like, wow. I've looked at this book twice now. This will be my third time. And I'm like, each time I've looked at it, I'm just totally in awe by the lines and the 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 just the way that everything comes across on the page. Now, Very I will pleased. say in this case, I don't own the originals of this. So we are reading uh, reading off of MarvelUniverse.com. So we do get some recolors and some touch-ups on the color. So the colors are going to be brighter than the original book pages, especially when you go from, you know, the cream of a, a 70s comic book, right, with the mm-hmm. newsprint to this bright white we're getting as our background. So it is going to be a little bit different with the, the touch-ups on the colors and everything. But even with that said, this looks really nice. And... I imagine looked nice at the time. Oh, yeah. Uh, probably can't afford this book, but that's mm. neither here nor there. Yeah, no. Uh, and we chose this in line. So we were going to bounce forward past the Titans issues and get to something good later. And we were chatting at the end of the last podcast and just said, well, why don't we go back and do the Iron Man story? It's it's before the Titans books in 84. But <laughs> this is from 1979. But it's still something from the era. And I think this is a good way to close out sort of the 70s and 80s. And then we can get into 90s, 2000s if we we want to continue this theme. Yeah. Uh, This is going to be a long one. There are eight issues. Yeah. In the story arc. Yeah, it's a it's a long it's a long one. And I think like it's interesting, too, because like when I was (laughs) I mean, my my introduction to this, like this is the first time I've read it uh, since I was, I mean, since high school. But I read it before that when I was a kid, because this is one of those runs that I had gotten from my dad and my uncle, because this is this is something that they had had uh, when they when after they got out of the service. And it was like one of those odd like, oh, here you go. It's 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 Iron Man. You're going to like this. It's 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 comic book. And I don't I mean, as we get into it, I don't know if I would give it to a kid. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) but. But yeah, boy, oh boy, I was into it when I was when I was seven, man. <laughs> Probably not my first choice to hand to a kid. Uh, that that seems interesting. Yeah, no, I, I was I was all about this. But in that classic sense, too, I think they probably read it and then just thought, well, you know, these are funny books, right? You hand yeah. them to a kid. Yeah, yeah, it's it's Iron Man. It's a comic book. You just you know, it's 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 a cool story. It's you know, it's interesting that critiques going on with a 1979 comic book, considering <laughs> that we still do those critiques now. Mm-hmm. So there's still that issue with, hey, and I, I would suggest it to anybody. If you're handing a book to a kid, you should probably read it first. Right. I I know when uh, like, I mean, as a, as a creator myself, people come up and they're like, they know, oh, you write these these type of kid books. And then they see the other books that I that I do. And they're like, oh, are these are these for kids? No, those are not for kids. Those are, those, those are there. They look cool and kids probably want to read them, but they are not for kids. <laughs> yeah. And, and we're talking like horror books and things like that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We're not talking, we're not talking triple X rated stuff. No, no. They're just, <laughs> I mean, you're making it sound like you're may boom, chicka, bomb, bomb books. No, Don't no, touch no. Those. <laughs> I'm talking like the scary stuff and the things like, as soon as you open it up, you're like, oh yeah, no, this is, this is, this is adult level, like a 24 horror, <laughs> you know, not a 24 horror. I mean, like Bloomhouse horror, <laughs> that kind of stuff, you know, a 24 suspense, <laughs> that kind of stuff. It's well, little- and that's the, the point too. I think you see how a writer and an artist, especially when you pair them up, but a writer too can really deviate depending on the frame of the story. Mm-hmm. Like you are very intentional about your storytelling with junior braves to make it 
it's a book by kids about kids. Yeah. And that's what it is. And this book here is is not. It's very adult. And that doesn't mean you don't write other stories. Right, right. <laughs> you just you just retired after writing one story. Yeah. No more. That's it. I, I put a pin in my 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 stuff. I said, that's it. I'm done. No. And and that's the thing too, is like you you can read this and you can read other things that um that these these creators have done too and and see where oh, they did this type of book and then they did this type of this type of book. And it's like, wow, this is a meaty book. This is a, a, a meaty series with a lot of density to it that and thought yeah. makes you think about the character and the development of the character. So well, know, with I, all that in mind, yeah. I think we probably we probably should start digging into the book a little bit. But I I did want to share with everybody why we went here and and I love the fact this this is gonna be one of those times when this is my first time reading these books. Uh, Greg's gonna know a lot more about these stories than I am, and we're switching over to Marvel. And I think <laughs> this is a good switch in the sense we've done a lot of DC and we've done a lot of stuff that is my favorite. Mm-hmm. We switch over to something that's one of Greg's favorites. So I read this for the first time. I ended up reading the eight issue run. Then I went back and read <laughs> the start of the McLeany and Layton run. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, the four issues before and then I read a few issues afterwards and I paused for a minute I was traveling a little bit so I was on a plane where I could be by myself and read so that was nice but yeah it was this, it's really good yeah I wanted to read more and you know when you get into comics it, that's obviously what they want so if I had been reading this not in 1979 because I would have <laughs> been you know, five so I don't right. think that would have been but if you had handed this to me in, say, 1990 and said, go find these in the back issue bins, mm-hmm. I would have been all over this. Oh, yeah. And one of my problems, I have never really liked Iron Man. You're like, ah, Iron Man. Ah, why? Why? Why do I like that guy? He's uh, he reminds me of somebody. He's he's like, <sighs> well, I don't like him in this story either. Uh, I don't like him. <laughs> yeah. But he's I like the story. Yeah. And that's been my issue, too. I, a lot of my Iron Man exposure was during like Civil War and things mm-hmm. like that and crossovers. And when they brought back the Avengers, mm-hmm. when Brian Michael Bendis brought back the Avengers, right, and killed yeah. everybody off and then tried to make it the original Avengers. And I just didn't enjoy the Iron Man character. And then I really hated the whole government Iron Man character. And honestly, too, after reading this and let's get in this toward the end of the podcast, his Civil War character makes no sense. After reading this, the story, the full run of the story. Uh, yeah. I mean, it it does, but it doesn't. And that'll definitely be a discussion. Yeah, that we'll... I think that's fair. I, but I, I shouldn't say it makes no sense because there are certainly ties before. And I will say leading into the story, we do get a little bit of shield and being captured and there's more of that in the story. So we're going to get some shield in this story. Mm-hmm. We're going to get a new Iron Man. We get two new characters. In yeah. this run, uh, Rhodey is one of those characters, and we'll find out real soon, and we'll introduce the other character in a couple minutes. Mm-hmm. And then leading in, actually, we should reduce Cave as well, his bodyguard, who becomes his bodyguard. I, I'm going to go two issues back. So this is the start of the story. But two issues back, he ends up at a function, just like a function for high society folks. And he m- meets Ms. Cabe, and he, he grabs a drink, and he comments... I'm glad this is here. This is the only way I could get through this. 
So they do start to plant the seeds before they get in here, which I think is really good storytelling. I love it when subplots are planted throughout a book and a creator really has a direction of where they want to go. And then they're going to tie these subplots back in. Mm -hmm. I think that's some really fantastic stuff. And before I get too far into, I do want to share, I grabbed issue 28. You can only get these in, unfortunately, you can't get them in print form, at least from tomorrow's. You may be able to find one on eBay somewhere. But I got back issue number 28 and 25. And in 25, they interview Leighton and Michelini and really get in, dig into this. And then 28 is an issue all about heroes gone wrong, <laughs> heroes mm. gone bad. <laughs> so yeah. there's a short article about uh, this part of Iron Man in there too. So I did use tomorrow's publishing once again. I just want to give them some credit for some of the research I did on these issues. Very good. Yeah. Now, I, I when you sent me the homework, I, I took a look at that as well. It's pretty, yeah. pretty good. They stuff. weren't long articles, but they were good. Yeah. I really like the interview with Michelini and Leighton. I recommend it. I'll probably forget to link them. But for now, I would tell you just go to tomorrow's and get back issue number 25 and 28 if you want to dig more into this. So here we are. And excuse me, sir, would you like a magazine to read? <laughs> what year are we in again? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> they give you magazines. They have uh, um, all service on this on this airplane. And he's flying on a 747. So I, I want to know where he's going if he's on a 747. <laughs> well, it's I mean, a jumbo jet. Yeah. And I mean, back in the day, 747, I mean, in, in at this time, in this time frame, 747 would be like on a like the height of luxury airplane. I mean, a lot of people nowadays, you know, younger listeners don't understand, but a 747 double decker airplane had a, had a bar and a whole entire upper deck area, like a lounge area. So imagine you go up a staircase and on the upper level of that aircraft, uh, there was a whole entire area that was like a first class lounge area. So very luxurious, its time yeah, and this is really a time too when yeah. airlines were for the rich i mean airline deregulation happens in 81 i think mm -hmm. probably and confirm that <laughs> right around that time actually no 78 sorry it says carter signed the airline deregulation act into law in 78 but i imagine it took a couple years to get going and so with that said it did make airline travel cheaper but it, it is now the airline travel that you experience now it is the cattle herding onto the plane so I'm probably glad it happened, right? Since now I can actually afford to fly in an airplane. But at the same time, it is a very different experience than but, is I portrayed mean, here. You got to remember too. I mean, at this time, in this time frame, people dressed up to go on planes. They, you know, there was a whole entire, like you got hot meals. There was, you know, everything. It was, I mean, it was, it was an experience. And it's like, I, I remember as a kid, the two times that we flew out to Washington before we moved here, I, I was in awe, in awe of just this whole entire experience because it was so wild. My parents made me dress in my Sunday's best and we're getting like, it, it was, it was like going, I mean, obviously it was, we were on a trip and it was, it was a big deal. And now it's like you go on and flip flops and you know, you're, you're wearing pajama pants and stuff like that. Yeah, well, it's different. I mean, if, yeah, if I was getting treated in the lap of luxury, maybe I would dress up a little bit differently, but I'm not. <laughs> and I will say I went on as a kid, too. And I remember my experience, we were flying and my uncle was with us, but somehow my mom had seats in a different class than my uncle. And so 
I looked at the ticket agent and I, I with my big little Danny Shabbat red <laughs> hair and big, big, you know, big hazel eyes looked up and said, can my uncle sit with us? And she took his ticket back and ripped it up right in front of me and gave him a new ticket that was right across from me. Oh, and so, awesome. yeah, like that's happening now. Yeah, no, <laughs> I'm sorry. He is in the wrong seat service. He did not. And not only that, he paid for a ticket that you're not allowed to upgrade under any circumstances. So no <laughs> amount of money could get us moved. That's right. Well, here we are. And Tony looks he's got some gin <laughs> hanging you know, out there. Some he's got a whole entire service card on his little tray. He's got like three of them. And he's hanging out in that 747. Mm-hmm. And he says it's a nice way to relax. That is for most men. But he gets offered a magazine. And he says, ah, no, thanks. But I take another Mardini. Yeah, <laughs> right. And she's like, you've already had three. And he said, yes, miss. I am sure I want one. He said, after all, I'm drinking for two men, him and Iron Man. <laughs> I don't I don't know that it works that way. I mean, I I don't think the human liver can is supposed to split into two for two personalities. But well, I, I mean, know. I believe the actor that plays him probably believed the same thing at one point, too. So, yeah, yeah. That's how you end up in a, in a bed that's not yours. <laughs> Yeah. Well, then we get a little bit of a recap. So we find out that he was fighting the, the spy master. And that was a plot line that McElhinney and Layton cleaned up uh, early uh, in the run. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also got rid of, is it Madam Mask? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Madam Mask. So that was his ex-girlfriend, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. What was her name? Um, putting you on the spot. If you don't know, that's okay. I don't know. You know the books better than I do. And I'm totally blanking on her name. And you went silent. So I'm going to assume you don't know. Or the dogs are barking. Yeah. So (laughs) here we go. And uh, but so they they immediately sort of wrap up some plot lines from the last uh, creative team and and start moving him into this plot line. Uh, But they give us a little recap here. And we find out that, too, he saved a helicarrier um, from Russian defense missiles. And so that was part of the shield storyline that was setting up in this, too. So we had a couple of setups. So he saves a shield helicarrier from some rogue uh, shield agents and mm-hmm. some, and the helicarrier ended up flying into Russia and then he saves it. And then he shakes hands with our good friend, David Hasselhoff. It does kind of look like David Hasselhoff. <laughs> that's why time. he played him. That's, that's fair. Uh, our good fi- friend, Samuel Jackson um, from not, shield. Yeah. Well, I mean, not, not here. Yes. Yes. But yeah. <laughs> so, and then he is, looking at the stock and we find out that Nick Fury wants uh, them to manufacture munitions and he doesn't want to. So (laughs) shield is trying to take over Stark industries is another subplot that's, that's rolling through. He's like, I don't want their money. (laughs) Yeah. And so he seems a little stressed out. So he says, uh, she gets him his drink. He said, will there be anything else? He's like, no, just the drink. I'll drink one more martini. Sounds good. There's olives in first class. Maybe I'll get a martini. I'm supposed to be flying in first class tomorrow. And if you figure (laughs) you'll probably figure out you're already laughing. There's no no way my plane's taking off. I finally got an upgrade from first to first class with my miles. Not I didn't have to pay for it. Right. It's just like the status thing. Yeah. On a day when the entire airport's probably going to be snowed out. So that's fantastic. (laughs) Poor Dan. 
<laughs> so, <laughs> so we've got a couple here and they see a tank flying at a plane. Oh, no. That seems bad. And I mean, what's crazy is, I mean, like, I, I like you, you think that could never happen. But if you've ever seen the A-Team movie, you know, it can. Yeah. Or, or well, did you hear about that flight to Hawaii a couple of days ago? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Throwing people into the sky. I love that one person was like, I just couldn't sit down in time to get my seatbelt on. I was like, they give you lots of warning about turbulence. I think you probably just weren't wearing your seatbelt, but yeah. that's neither here nor there. Neither so, nor there. Uh, but I love it. You were talking about the the planes. We've got a guy in a Hawaiian shirt, but the, the wife is in her Sunday best. Mm-hmm. And they're reading and... They're like, but this can't happen in first class. Wham. <laughs> Bam. Oh, no, it did. And so and honestly, too, if I'm going to be critical of, of Michelini, right, I hope I'm saying David Michelini's right name, right? You can. But it's I don't know if it's Michelini or Michelini, but or neither. I probably could just mess it up a 100,000 times. So I'll just keep <laughs> saying it three different ways. But one of the things I don't enjoy about his scripting is kind of the, I don't know, the Greg-like humor you would put in the script. Oh, my mother's <laughs> like, snowshoes? <laughs> yeah, like that. Well, I was thinking you, maybe you wouldn't put that line, but I could see you writing that, but it can't be this is first class line in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and to me, that's just cheesy as hell. And so it, that a little bit takes away from the story from me. But again, too, I like that he builds a I like that him and Bob Layton build a world around Tony, right? It's mm-hmm. not just Tony and their world building. They're doing some character building, but they also make the the situations around him. Uh, I don't know. It's not necessarily real, but they give some life to them. How's that? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. those characters are ridiculous that are in the story. Very. But I probably could see them flying on planes now. But yeah. it does give some fun levity to the story. And now, obviously, uh, it gets a little crazy. Like we got some guy that looks Jesus like saying it's Armageddon, the tank of God. <laughs> yeah. So it's some of that stuff, too. Right. Like, while I appreciate it. Sometimes it's a little cheesy for me. It it, it takes me a little bit out of the story. A little bit. And but he, I mean, he, I mean, if you've ever been on an airplane with some bad turbulence or some some bad issues going on, people people get a little riled up and they say a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah. And then this lady in the bathroom, I, I just OK, Tony goes <laughs> to change an Iron Man, but there's a lady in the bathroom, so he can't get in the challenges of a superhero. That's very Spider-Man like, isn't it? Very. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't seem very Iron Man like it seems more Spidey like, but OK, or even like Batman 66. Very. Yeah, I got to get in here yeah. change, but it's kind of fun. So he finally gets in there and he gets in the Iron Man shoot suit. Then he puts it on and he blasts his way through the plane, which can't be very good for the plane. Boom! right out. Yeah, no, it's like uh, <laughs> he was trying he to just stop depressurize them. the cabin. I don't yeah. know that that was the best idea. Oh, he's got to save the people somehow. <laughs> sure. But the tank hit the engine, which is amazing, but didn't tear off the wing or I... it broke it a little bit. It broke it a little bit. A tank a hitting a wing broke it a little bit. I mean, so the, plane ha- the plane's intact, though. That's because at the Boeing company, we make phenomenal planes. 747s are very robust. You know, side note, the 747 interior was designed by the creator of He-Man. Really? <laughs> Little known fact. <laughs> Fantastic. And who is the creator of He-Man? 
Um, oh man, it's uh, curses. Hold on a second. I I have his I have his autograph downstairs because I sat next. Well, to while you look that up, <laughs> we're gonna move on with the story here. <laughs> and it looks like Iron Man like grabs the plane and he gets to to do a water landing. So clever. I like. I kind of like that too. It it's interesting. I feel like the plane would rip out of his hands, but since it's a Boeing aircraft, it's well made. I mean, if this was Airbus, we'd be in real trouble, right? And they didn't really have Airbus then, did they? Uh, maybe just in France. I don't know. <laughs> it's before before the European subsidies. Yeah, I literally have no idea. Airbus, Boeing, eh, they're all planes. They fly. So you're there and. Here they've got everybody, they save everybody in the rafts and some boats came to help them and the some PT boats come out and they take everybody and they take them back home, I think. No, they don't take them home. <laughs> they take them to, uh, to a place to go get checked out. Oh, they took them to a top secret classified island. Yes. And then he's meeting some secret police. Those aren't the secret. science police because that's in, in the DC police. comics. Well, anyway, we find out that this crazy old man's been attacking these poor military folks. And after the government used his island to they used the government used the island to dump radioactive waste on it. And this crazy old man won't leave and he's attacking everybody and, and they want to get him off for his own safety. And now they want Iron Man to help because Namor, the submariner, came and attacked everyone. And he's just a bad guy. And now they want Iron Man to help. And then once they get through that with Tony Stark in the Iron Man visage, of course, the leader says, don't worry, Morgan, with a little luck, they'll scrag each other. And the island, along with its secret, will be will remain ours alone. Shouldn't his mustache be twirly at the end? Twirly at the end? Maybe so. (laughs) Yeah, he's like doing a well in moments later, we have Iron Man flying up in the sky and Namor sees him. And he says, so Hiram Dobbs, your fellow surface men send a champion against me and a familiar one as well. They are fools. And fools. Iron Man's like Prince Namor. I mean, you no harm. He throws a rock at him. So that, that's that's I guess that's where the cover comes from. I, I would just say uh, if you're looking at him picking up that rock, I don't recommend that form uh, with the ankle bent like that. It looks like he's probably breaking a leg. Does does Namor always have wings on his ankles? I don't know. Is this an original thing? I know he could fly, right? So, but did he always have wings on his ankles? It just seems like a very inefficient flying method. Mm, yeah, it seems kind of. But Namor is supposed to be the first mutant, right? So that's the whole deal. Namor was a mutant before even the X Men, correct? I believe so. Theoretically, well, Namor was in uh, the big comics from the forties with the original Human Torch in Captain America. So long history there. Yeah. And we were getting a big fight. And of course, we Namor has some weird thing for Sue Storm too, right? I believe so. Yes, he does. Well, anyway, they're fighting and they're fighting back and forth. And Iron Man like gives him an iron hook. And Namor goes flying. And there's some dialogue in here, but I don't know that the dialogue is that important. They're fighting. They're just fighting. It's a lot of fighting. But there's a lot of, I considered you a noble foe. Why are we fighting? And then finally, okay, we get to your break. <laughs> Our Hiram shoots Iron Man. <laughs> Kapow! 
And the bullets scarcely dent the armor, but the impact, unexpected startling, throwing uh, the wear off balance just for one second. And then he gets taken in the water. Now, there is one thing I would say that I forgot to point out as he was saving the airplane. Mm -hmm. Iron Man does mention that maybe if he hadn't been drinking so much, this wouldn't be so bad. Yeah. He'd do a little bit better. So he's becoming a little bit self-aware that he might have a problem. He's like, I have a problem. But now we flip uh, we flip scenes completely and we get a time skip of 15 minutes ago. Uh, Stark International Airport, Long Island. He's, he has his own airport in Long Island. It's not Islip. It's Stark International. That's cool. So Miss Cave, it says, I want to thank you again, Rhodey, for clearing me to meet Tony Shuttle from JFK. No problem, Miss Cave. I've been uh, with the man ever since Nam. Has he? Because doesn't he just show up a couple issues ago? I think I think they they um, they were on that uh, when Tony was there and Rhodey was Rhodey was with him as part of the detachment. Okay, so here we go, and they're friends. Anyway, they're becoming friends. It looks like, and then uh, Mr. Arbogast, his secretary, who, by the way. You're, I, we were talking about the funny characters. I don't want them everywhere, but I love her. <laughs> like, I love the secretary. She's fantastic. We'll explore her a little great. bit more. This is where I think that Leighton and Michelini did a really good job, like inserting a character that's just kind of inherently funny in the way she interacts with the world around her. It's like this, this gatekeeping secretary, but she happens to work for Tony Stark. Uh, you've mentioned that before, like putting characters in situations they don't belong in. Yeah. And then just seeing how they interact with the world and letting that play out. And I mm-hmm. do love her in the way things go. Yeah, she's she's, she, she's a great foil in some ways. <laughs> yeah, and she shows up and all of a sudden she's like, there's trouble. So the two take off um, and to go find Iron Man. So they're headed on their way. So Iron Man's in a fight. So now they're like- fighting in the water. And it seems like wearing an iron suit that's propelled by <laughs> energy would be bad in the in the water. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> not very effective. And he boils uh, the water to get Namor. It's interesting because Namor's weakness is alcohol, right? I think so. So why did he just breathe on him earlier? <laughs> he could have. Yeah. I mean, after four martinis on an air fl- on a flight, you probably could do pretty well. Just breathe on, breathe on him, and he'd, he'd leave you alone. He'd be like, "Oh, what's that? Get away from me!" <laughs> Well, and then we get another uh, scene change. We're still fighting underwater. Uh, An interjection that very moment somewhere in the Mediterranean. (gasps) Yes, Mr. Hammer. These final readouts are conclusive. Uh, Phase one of our test program yielded 100% positive results. He's like, that's most encouraging. He still has no suspicions he's been manipulated. So a couple issues ago to uh, Iron Man's uh, suit malfunctioned. He's got some issues. Yeah, and so he's trying to figure out what's going on. And and so they've now they said they're going to proceed to phase two at once. And he thinks he should find the results most interesting. So here we go. And he's in the water. And all of a sudden, his plexiglass eyeslits and mouth slip open up. And he (gasps) is dead in the water. Oh, no. It's uh, probably not bad. Good to fill up an iron suit uh, while you're in the water. No, not good at all. I, I would think he's not made of ivory like ivory soap and uh he will not float because ivory soap and mr floats. hammer thinks this is a successful endeavor yes and that's where we end our friend here in issue 120 oh man this is this is disaster right here iron man sinking to the bottom of the ocean well should we go for 121 
or should we leave the listeners hanging and waiting in anticipation for 121? After all, dear listeners, we've given you some hour and a half long podcasts. So this might be a great time to give you a 35 minute podcast. A nice, short, good, quick listen. We can yeah. we can talk a little bit about uh, some of the other other things if you wish. Yeah, that sounds good. I think this uh, I think this is a good pause point, and we're going to follow up with the next issue 121 on the next podcast. Yeah. And I think it's a good start to the story. And I think in the next podcast, too, we will talk a little bit about how this ties in with Wakanda forever. Oh, yeah. I'm I like as when you when you when you talked about it. And I mean, obviously, I'm not I'm not daft. I know, like the characters and, and everything that's in the movie. So I'm like, OK, yeah, it makes sense. I, but yeah, it's oh, it. I need to watch it. Well, yeah, maybe you could watch it before we podcast again because, hey, I think you're going to be snowed in. That's true. I might just have to. I might just have to. I, I wouldn't say it's my favorite Marvel movie, but it is pretty. Yeah. Just leave it at that. I don't want to yeah. spoil anything else. Okay. It's okay. it's pretty. It's very pretty. All right. And so, yeah, I don't know. You got stuff to plug? Um, stuff to plug. Um, go get a... <laughs> I don't I don't have any uh, current works to plug uh, but okay. uh, well that makes it really easy yeah makes it really follow easy. us I, on funny yeah. book forensics on Twitter as long as Twitter is still out there and or Facebook or Instagram yeah and you'll see All our latest posts we're also on the scpod.net uh, spoiler country the and mothership find our yeah, the mothership yeah so yeah it's good and we've been interacting with john expect some great stuff uh at the start of the year and in fact this podcast will probably go up at the start of the year so wibbly wimey timey wimey and it will show up there because i have some more titans podcasts to share with everyone and so i'm going to make sure those all get out there for you Sweet. so go back uh three podcasts one two three we just reviewed uh, new teen titans drug issues which are riot or sad or depressing <laughs> or super funny we're not really sure which they were an experience, and I'm going to say that. So, I mean, you should definitely listen to them. If you get a chance to read them, take a look at those books and uh, make your own opinions. But <laughs> I feel like we're off to a. I feel like we're off to a much better path now. So I'm excited, yeah. and I know John and Kendrick will be re-kicking off uh, the mothership here at the start of the year. So a lot, a lot of things happening at yeah. the Spoiler Country, and come check us out. Do that. Do that. Um, I, I will tell you the name of the uh, the seven forty seven forty seven designer and uh, He Man designer. Roger Sweet is the name. Okay. So um, also might have made uh, the bottle that everyone knows is the Downy bottle. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that's a lot fantastic. of other things. So yeah. he designed the seven forty seven that Adam Sandler was on when he made his proposal. Uh, well, the interior. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. And scope packages. What? Well, see that that's that's a guy and he man and he man. So there you go. Well, I don't really know how we can top that. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's uh, just uh, a bunch of cool, cool stuff. Why well, say let's close this one out and we will see you next time for issue 121. And if you want to read along with us, we're reading on Marvel Universe, the app or the website. So you can join in with Marvel Universe. And if you have a Disney Plus uh, password, I believe you can also log into Marvel Universe. And a lot of people have that. So you can double up there. Of course, you could also get it on Comixology as well. And if you manage to have the 
hard copy, uh, just message me and I'll give you my address and you can send it right over. <laughs> oh, oh, Dan. And you can bill John <laughs> at Spoiler Country. John, yeah, yeah. Bill John at Spoiler Country. Yeah. Sounds Do good that. to me. Yeah. Seems like a, a wrap. Sounds sounds perfect. <laughs> it's right, a Christmas well, gift. Thank, <laughs> yeah. Thanks, everyone, for uh, joining us for another episode of Funny Book Forensics.